Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday morning, September 1st. That means it is game week. It is game month. It is college football season here on the 573 Report, our weekly Wednesday show brought to you by 573 Tees, your local apparel company in Columbia. You can check them out, 573TEES.com. They do have a brick and mortar set up now in Alley A in downtown Columbia. If you are coming in for the game Saturday against Central Michigan, 3 p.m. kickoff. Hey, get here an hour earlier than you plan to. Go down, see the guys at 573Tees.com. They do a great job. You also can go to 573TEES.com slash collections slash power mizzou and they've got some power mizzou gear for us we're using some of that as giveaways we've got a prescription uh, prescription i don't know what the hell i'm talking about this morning we've got a prediction contest we do not have prescription contests that sounds like it would be illegal but we have a prediction contest on the site if you win that you get the closest to the final score this weekend you'll get a free power mizzou t-shirt we will send that out to you but you can also buy one too they have uh, multiple kinds they have visors they have uh, polos they have some various things long sleeves so we're getting some of that but i want to encourage you guys to go ahead and go over to 573tees.com and uh, check them out, help them out. They've been a great partner of ours for the last year or so. Uh, speaking of partners, Mitchell Forty now on your screen. And Mitch, I feel like maybe instead of talking about Mizzou sports, we could just do like a reality show about the last 24 hours for, for you and me. And it would be fairly, I think, at least entertaining to people at the beginning. Yeah, things we've had. There's been some misfortunes. Uh, I don't really want to go too deep into it. Yeah. Some car trouble for me, some other issues. But yeah, you know, we're here. Still made it, obviously, for the 573 report. That's that's the top priority in our lives. So we're ready to we're ready to prescribe some Mizzou news. Yes, for at least the next 27 minutes, that is the top priority in our lives. And I want to start here with the irony of the breakfast king of Loyola telling us it's too damn early for this show. I mean, yeah, maybe he's maybe he's the breakfast king because he just eats breakfast food at every meal because he just wakes up at in time for lunch and dinner. Out. Right. He could be the brunch king. But I mean, it is 10 3 in the morning. Like you should have been up for a little while. You should have already had breakfast. You should be planning lunch, to be quite honest. But we do appreciate you uh, managing to be here with us. And uh, if you are here watching live, we certainly uh, encourage you questions, comments, whatever you've got there, uh, put in the comment section and we will get to those. We've, we do have quite a bit of stuff to talk about and we'll start, I think, with Eli Drinkwitz uh, and, and Steve Wilkes and a couple players talking yesterday. Nothing super newsworthy, Mitch, other than you got to see a little bit of practice and from all appearances, Mookie Cooper is fine and should be ready to play this weekend. Yeah, I would think so. Like, obviously, you know, the, the, the coaching staff and medical training staff knows more than us. And, you know, there's always a chance, I guess, that, that they could try to, you know, really ease him back and, and not play him this week and get him ready for Kentucky. But he was out there. He was in full pads and he was doing everything else that everyone else was doing while we watched. You know, we didn't watch any contact portions of practices, but he was going through warm-ups. He was going through walkthroughs. He was going through, you know, he was running routes um, and he did not look hobbled to me. So I, I would think that bodes well for his chances of playing. How could you actually even see what he was doing? How was he not just a blur because he's like the fastest <laughs> human in history? Well, you know, everyone slows down every, every now and again, like, you know, walk to make through, a walking cut. pace, uh, standing still from time to time. But yes, obviously, when he moves, it's like a dash in the Incredibles. You can hardly even see him. I got you. And, and look, 
we don't think Mookie Cooper is going to start. And that does have to do with injury to some extent in that. But, I mean, he hasn't practiced for two weeks. A, a kid who hasn't practiced for two weeks and hasn't played a college football game for two years, I don't care how many stars he has and how much hype there is, that kid is almost certainly not starting. We expect uh, what either Barrett Bannister or Chance Looper probably to get the start in the slot. We do think Mookie Cooper is going to play, but let's – you know, like, I, I'm just trying to prepare people. Don't be disappointed if it's like three catches for 19 yards in the first game. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, just because he doesn't start the season opener doesn't mean he can't end up being the guy people thought he was going to be. I mean, first of all, as we've said for a long time, he hasn't played a football game in three years. He didn't play either of the last two seasons. So regardless of how much he had practiced, I don't think he Wait, was going to all of a sudden come in. He and didn't play, play two years time. ago. Was he hurt his senior year in high school? He wasn't eligible. Okay, that's right, 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 right. So, so yeah, he has not played a football game since, uh, I guess it would be 2018. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there's going to be, some, you know, some rust there. I mean, like, even if he had been practicing, I don't think I'd expect him to come in and all of a sudden play every single snap. Plus, he's in a pretty deep position group. I mean, Barrett Bannister was always going to play. He's always, he's done everything the coaches have asked. You know, he's always been steady, been consistent. He's going to play. Chance Looper, according to Eli Drinkwitz, is at the best camp of any wide receiver. So, yeah, I, I think that Mookie Cooper probably gets eased back into action. I think he'll be out there Saturday. I don't think he'll play a ton. I don't think he'll return punts. And I think, but I don't think that means that he, you know, won't by midseason be uh, more of a factor. And, and I think this is actually the biggest disconnect because between the way fans look at things and the way coaches look at things, fans look at who are the players that are going to win me a game, right? Like make a, be able to make it. And this is football, basketball. At baseball, fall in love with the home run. Who are the guys that are, are going to make that that splash play that win me a game? More often than not, coaches are looking at who are guys that are not going to lose me games. In other words, if you've got a kid who 50% of his plays are here and 50% of them are up here, the fans like that kid because they got the 50% that are up here. But the coaches like the kid that's got the 100% like right in here somewhere, like right in the middle. Yeah. Just every play, right. I know where you're going to be at. You know your assignment. You're going to catch the ball. You may not get 40 yards, but you're going to get four. You know, and that is not to say that Mookie Cooper is a guy, right, that, that's going to lose them games. That's not what I'm trying to imply. But I think fans a lot of times fall in love with, with the flash, whereas coaches will almost always go with just give me the guy that I know is solid, at least as a, yeah. at the start. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And also, the guy just that you know. I mean, Mookie Cooper, has, like we said, you know, he's new. He hasn't played that much. He hasn't practiced that much. I mean, it, it may not be that he's inconsistent. It's just that you don't know what you're going to get from him right now. Right. So I think he's got to prove that. And all the newcomers, you know, there's a question about the Tulsa transfer, too. People have to prove that on the field in games that the coaches know what they're going to get from them before they're going to all of a sudden, for the most part before they're all of a sudden, you know, going to start being in the starting lineup. Yeah, Carl Washington wanted to know, did it surprise you that the Tulsa transfers aren't starting? Now, that's kind of two questions. If you had told me a month ago neither of those guys was starting, yes, I would be surprised. If you had told me a week ago, no, I wouldn't be surprised because we told you guys this was probably going to be the case. It was probably going to be Ishberdine in, in a straight straw. And we want to be clear, a Caleb Evans is like listed as or with, with Ishberdine. So, we really we got a depth chart, but it was almost just like a full two deep. I mean, there were more ors than not ors on the on the right. depth chart, you know. So, a Caleb Evans is going to play. Allie Green is going to play. But 
I think it is a case, even when the guy is older, if you are new to the program, you don't have to be equal with the guy that was here before. You have to be clearly better than the guy was here that was here before to, to win that job. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's a decent chance that Caleb Evans ends up playing more than Ishverdine this weekend all year. I mean, like, I could be wrong. I haven't really seen either of them play yet. There's maybe at least a chance. Is, is, maybe he's really taken this step during the offseason. But, like, you know, they brought him in to play a lot. And I, I just I, – I think – I would not be surprised if, like you said, they're they're you know giving some you know some lip service to the guy who's who's been here and and you know send the message that obviously newcomers have to continue to work to get to that spot. But ultimately, I wouldn't be surprised if if Alec Green plays quite a bit either. Although I do think Ennis Rakestraw is the, the clear cut starter at that spot. But yeah, um, I I just don't think like you said with so many ores on the depth chart, it's hard to really overreact and say, oh, this guy's the starter in a position. Well, let's see how the reps reps shake out. And, and I think what really shook up the, the cornerback position more than anything else is Chris Abrams' drain becoming a starter. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody saw that. Certainly in spring football, I don't think at the beginning of fall camp. So him playing well enough that they made him the starter and not like a co-starter, like the starter at that slot corner position – I think that changed a lot of things because maybe a Caleb Evans is that guy if Chris Abrams' drain doesn't jump. So I don't think it's Ishberdine or Ennis Rakestraw so much as it's Caleb or uh, Chris Abrams' drain kind of coming from nowhere. Yeah, totally agree. That that caught me by surprise. I mean, usually when you see a guy change position, it's almost like a last-ditch effort, right? You know, it's like, okay, well, let's see if you can maybe help here to keep your eye. Like, it's, it's rare that some, someone changes, and Drink was touched on this yesterday, it's rare that someone changes, especially sides of the ball, and then becomes a contributor right away. And Missouri is going to have start. a couple of those guys because Sean Robinson's going to play in some packages as well. Um, but yeah, Chris Abrams drain. Um, I, yeah, I think he might be listed as a co-starter with Chris Sheeran, but I mean, we, we talked to Marquez Manuel yesterday and he said, Chris is the starter. Like mm-hmm. I'm proud of him for earning that starting job. And, and that goes with what everything we've heard too behind the scenes. Um, so eager to see what he brings to the table. I think Allie green was the guy who was probably going to start at that position. If it weren't for Chris Abrams drain looking pretty good and Chris Sheeran to a lesser extent, I I think, you know, at the start of camp, I know he was working in that slot spot. I saw him during that one scrimmage uh, about three weeks ago now. Um, and, you know, evidently he got moved out wide. And, that, and Chris Abrams Drain started out out wide. So they kind of flip flopped and put Chris Abrams Drain into that starting position. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of a cool story. And I'll be interested to see how he does on Saturday. Yeah, I honestly thought, even last week when I started hearing his name, I thought he was going to be that guy that, like, you hear about in camp and they talk mm-hmm. about and then. You just never, you never see anything, right? It's like, yeah. it's like, hey, this was the cool camp story, and it turns into he's not really even on the field because there's one or two of those every year, and there will be one oh, or yeah. two on this team of guys that it's like, hey, remember back in August when they were talking like this kid was going to be all SEC, and then and then he played 12 snaps this season. There'll be some of that, and I thought it might be Abram Strain, but but obviously it's. Uh, it's not going to be. So uh, we'll, we'll move on and appreciate the questions, and we are getting to all of them, I promise. Uh, if you guys also, while you're here, while you're waiting, just hit the uh, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button on the channel. That's going to help us out if you don't mind doing that um, while we answer your questions. Cam wants to know, based off the depth chart, it seems like J.J. Hester and Jay Macklin are not in the wide receiver rotation right now. Macklin's hurt, but I don't see anyone on the 2 deep heat slot in front of. And I agree, and look, I said two weeks ago – I didn't think Jay Macklin was going to be in this rotation. And I understand this is especially to people who follow recruiting. This is what happens, right? A depth chart comes out and rather than any of the 55 players who are on it, it's a focus on 
the 17 or whatever that aren't. And and I do understand the question. I'm not trying to to uh, throw any shade at the question, but the simple fact of the matter is there's not enough spots for everybody to play. I mean, even a depleted roster, Missouri's got like 76 scholarship players. That means probably 25 of them are not going to play this season. Um, and, you know, I think J.J. Hester will get on the field. I think Jay Macklin will at times get on the field, but they've got, what, seven or eight receivers listed, and, and those guys aren't right now. Yeah, it's a fairly crowded room, and uh, I'll, I'll take it one at a time. First of all, I think with Jay Macklin, he, he had a chance to maybe be in the mix for you know some playing time in the slot until he got hurt. I, I, like we said earlier, that's a crowded room, and when they when he got hurt and when Mookie Cooper got hurt is when they kind of switched Chance Looper over, and by all accounts, he's kind of taken a liking to that spot. So I, I, that's just a you know that's a crowded position, and I think that you know maybe they you have a few plays designed for Macklin here and there, like you saw at the end of last season. But yeah, I just think. You know, he, he's probably at, at least a year away from playing regularly. Um, with J.J. Hester, I think he's the prime example of someone who, like you were talking about earlier, it's just, oh, you, you know, people say things about him. He gets kind of hyped up. He, you know, he looks good in the uniform, but it just does not seem to have, have translated into production uh, so far, especially even on the practice field. I mean, last year I know he was battling an injury, but all offseason, Eli Drinkwitz just kept saying, J.J. Hester, J.J. Hester, you know, he's he's a guy who we really think can help us. Um, and yes, there's a lot of bodies in that receiver, but the fact that he couldn't beat out Boo Smith, a walk-on who, you know, played at Mid-America Nazarene and some other Juco, like, I, I do think that's a little bit of a red flag. And yeah. everyone comes along at a different pace. Who knows? J.J. Hester, two years from now, could be an all-SEC wide receiver. That's not out of the realm of possibility. But I do think that that's definitely one where the hype has exceeded the production. So yeah, far. and let, let's also realize, like, I mean, redshirt freshman, right? We'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, and, hey, there there could – I mean, at this time last year, we didn't think Chance Looper or Boo Smith was going to get in the in the game and make a huge play. So, J.J. Hester certainly still could. This is a week one pre-game depth chart. Like, it mm. could change. Now, I don't think the piece of paper they hand us is going to significantly change throughout the season. Right. But that yeah. doesn't mean – I mean, even – so we get that at noon on Thursday, noon on Tuesday. The the depth, the game rotation is going to be set after practice on Thursday. So it is entirely possible either somebody gets hurt or somebody just has a great week and, and a position coach says, you know, I know we had this guy down in the third team, but like I think he can help us this weekend and he gets a few snaps. So not being there now is not a reason to sound alarm bells. Um, but, you know, it is, hey, it's it's all we got to go on right now uh tyler tyler asks uh there's been a lot of competition at uh corner and offensive line does that give you more confidence that the groups are strong and deep or worry that the starters haven't clearly stood out and this is this is always the question right (laughs) if if you have the or does that mean your second guy's really good or your first guy's not good enough i don't know yeah, that's just one of those things we're going to have to wait until the games start to answer. That's one something that, that both coaches, Drinkwitz and Wilkes, talked about quite a bit yesterday. It's just like, honestly, like people wanted to say, like, you know, how do you know what you have when you don't have, like, preseason games and stuff like that? They're like, we don't know. Like, right. anything could happen. Even guys that have played in the in years past, literally, they like Drinkwitz said, they could catch a punt at the one-yard line and try to throw the ball forward. Like, crazy stuff happens. Like Nebraska um, so, did. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, there's they're really and truly like we, we, you know, we don't know if that's a good like the coaches have definitely, you know, tried to, I think, 
spin it as a, de- a decent thing. And there's probably reason to believe that having more depth at those positions will help. I mean, like I thought Steve Wilkes point about having to having the ability to rotate corners because receivers are running deep routes and rotating. That makes sense in theory. And I think offensive line depth was a clear issue last year. Although I still, I'm, I'm not totally sold on the, the group of starters they have out there oh. offensive line right now. And, and drink what said, there's probably going to be some rotation during the, during the first yeah, but, game. But, even, every, but every coach yeah. says that. And then we see the same five guys play every single snap 10 straight weeks like it, not just last year that always seems to happen yeah I will say last year they actually did mix it up up front um you know like Bobby Lawrence and Zeke Powell were right. truly right. splitting snaps for the first few weeks and then they did a lot of switching because everybody got hurt and they only had like eight scholarship players but yeah uh yeah you're right I mean they're definitely the, the there there are definitely some spots where it says or if one guy's going to be the clear starter there are others where I think we'll see true rotations and uh we'll, we'll find out more answers on Saturday I, uh, well and what you just pointed out is a, a thing that it's a reason I actually do enjoy covering Eli Drinkwitz and, and respect the way he handles press conferences in the media because most coaches are going to get up there and say, oh, all you can do, we've prepared. We've prepared really well. We like what we see. We're confident we're going to go out there and play well. He just comes on and says, I don't know, guys. How the hell am I going to know? It's game one. How do I know what's going to happen, right? I mean, even to the point that somebody said, how much more confident are you in Connor Bazelak? And he goes, I don't know, man. He could get out. I'm confident he can catch the snap. You know, <laughs> that, and that's that not, was a good answer. Yeah, he's like, I, I know he can catch that snap from center. Right, After and that, I know people looks, yes. read that and go, "Oh my God, he thinks Basilak isn't good." No, he's just saying, "Look, guys, he's going to be out there for in front of fifty thousand people for the first time, and he hadn't played in you know eleven months, and like we feel pretty good. We've we've done the best we can do. He's the best option we've got, but I can't promise you he's going to go throw for three fifty and four touchdowns. And, and I think that was was really his point. And and look, I love going to a press conference where I wouldn't have said that his. I thought he would say his favorite thing about his quarterback is that he can catch a snap, right? I can't predict the press conference before it starts, and that's good. Yeah, that is that is fun, and that's rare among football coaches. Like you said, usually it's uh, it's very cliche and, and dry and uh, predictable. But yeah, no, I, I do think I do think it's important to just kind of you know have it come from some like people. You know, a lot of times for people who are on their message board, you know, they know we we you know we'll say here's what the coach said, but just so you know, like take this with a grain of salt. Please don't get too excited about this. Usually it gets ignored. It's kind of nice for the coach to be the one who says it so that we don't have to be the ones right. who are like, guys, we really don't know what to expect. Or they, they don't get mad at us when like, they're like, you said this person would go for a thousand yards and he hardly played. Like, right. well, the coach did say not, he didn't know what to expect. Right. And people hate, I don't know as an answer, but it is usually the answer to be quite, especially yeah. this time. Especially. Of game. Yeah. Right. I was going to yeah. say in camp. Yeah, you, you know what we do know? We do know that if you need uh, nice clothing, you go to 573tees.com. You get uh, Mizzou stuff, Eli Drinkwitz stuff, Power Mizzou stuff, Cardinal stuff, Blues, Royals, Chiefs. They've, they've got everything you could need, uh, a lot of state of Missouri gear. Uh, they will custom print things for you. I saw that they've now got some thicker kicker gear, which we've discussed. Uh, Harrison Mevis was the easiest NIL guy ever. I don't know why somebody hasn't partnered with him before now, but kudos to to the five seven three report or to five seven three T's, which sponsors the five seven three report for doing so. I have not seen the back of the uh, shirt yet. I hope it has like a quarter pounder, right? For you know the thicker burger for the thicker kicker. But um, yeah, check them out. 
So yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the true travesties so far in NIL are that yeah, no no thick burger sponsorship for the thicker kicker, and then Johnny Walker. What are we doing here? I mean, like I know he's never played a meaningful snap, but that's the easiest that's the easiest deal ever. And and I also I'm joking. I know that kids can't be partnered with alcohol companies, but still, we should right. we should find a way to make that work. Hundred percent. Like they have to make a non-alcoholic product, right? I, I mean, I would think, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So that's, that's kind of, uh, I mean, we're not going to get into predictions and, and all that for this weekend. We'll both do that on, on, at separate times on the site and, and I'll do it on Friday on our, our pick show. Um, so I want to, want to move on. I had a chance to talk to Desiree Reed Francois yesterday for, you know, 40 minutes, something like that in her office, uh, just kind of a sit down, uh, one-on-one, uh, interview, and appreciate it. And uh, look, I, I do want to say first, I agree with people on the site. Well, they, they were kind of generic answers. Well, yeah, she, it was her seventh day in the office. I don't know. Even if she has super specific plans, I don't think she's necessarily going to share them with me on day seven. But I don't think she can have super su- specific plans quite yet. And I do respect the fact that even things about like the game day atmosphere and stuff that I asked her, she said like, I've got ideas, but I want to be clear. I've not seen a game here yet, so I can't give you a – I'm coming from a little bit of a position of ignorance, which I, it, people might read that word and, and be upset, but I respect that. I mean, you, you can't know what you've never seen before. Yeah, for sure. And that, that was part of, you know, what she was saying here in the opening press conference that, you know, I appreciate it. It's just like we were saying earlier, like not a lot of people want to hear I don't know is the answer, but sometimes that's the smart answer, especially, you know, in her case when, you know, she's clearly going to make changes, but you don't like, and drastic changes, but you don't want to promise something and then go in a different direction or, or under deliver. I think, you know, one of her big things she said is like, I want to survey people. I want to get to know, you know, our student athletes and what they want, our season ticket holders and what they want. And then let's go from there, which I think, yeah. you know, if she follows through on that, I think people will, will appreciate because I know certainly on our, on our site, there's a lot of season ticket holders with strong opinions about things yes. that need to be happened that would be yes. pleased to uh, have their voice heard. Yeah. So get ready for those MailChimp uh, emails you're going to get from the Mizzou athletic department or survey monkey or, or whatever it is. Um, you know, nothing, nothing super jumped out. I'll say I've talked to her twice and she is personable. She's relatable. Um, I think she has a goal. Now, I think a lot of people have this goal and it doesn't always happen, but of being relatively transparent, you know, in, in what's going on. And, and, uh, you know, we were, we were actually kind of joking, um, one of the the university PR guys was there, um, and he's kind of handling some athletic department stuff, which he usually doesn't do, you know. And uh, we were joking that that he could just do athletics full time, and and he was said something about crisis management. And I said, well, you don't know because there hasn't really been a crisis over here in the last couple of weeks, and which immediately obviously <laughs> sent them into knocking on wood. So, um, but it is very early on, but I I think she's done what you would want her to do so far. And she didn't say anything in that interview that made me think, well, big trouble coming here. Yeah, for sure. And she, uh, made a couple fairly significant hires this week, um, hired a new chief financial officer to replace Ryan Alpert, hired a new communications officer to replace Nick Juice. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend to break down the you know right. credentials of the people she hired, but it's slowly starting to come together. I think that was always going to be step one was just, I mean, 
fill the the very undermanned athletic department and uh you know try to figure out what the the biggest priorities are and go from there no question then priority two is going to be get as many butts in the seats as you can on saturday and we talked on monday and i set the over under at forty nine thousand five hundred, and we both thought it would be over and the further we get into this week i'm wondering if that's going to be the case um and, and I'm not going to get into attendance shaming week one, especially until we find out, like, what's attendance look like across the country, right? If Missouri has 49.5 and Iowa only has 49.6 and, you know, other places, it is a struggle across the country, then that's okay. Now, look, if, if Missouri has 46,000 and some of these places like South Carolina or Kentucky or Tennessee or whatever it is, is packing 84,000 in, then... It's it's concerning. It's not a reason to throw your arms up and quit. But um, Eli Drinkwitz didn't address it unprovoked. I mean, he was asked what his message to fans would be. But he was also pretty clear, like, it's time. We think we've done enough to earn some buy-in here, and now we need you to buy in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something we've talked about uh, a lot is that, you know, if, there's a lot of people that are worried about, you know, will, will Eli Drinkwood stick around in Missouri if he has the kind of success we think he's going to have? And the easiest way to get him to do that is show, you know, a committed fan base who isn't just going to be committed when they're winning 10 games, but, you know, is, is you know, has the buy-in and helps him recruit because, I mean, there's going to be recruits at this game. You know, he wanted, he doesn't want to have to explain why there's, you know, 40,000 empty seats. So, yeah, I definitely, I, I think that, you know, he, he was pretty clear in, in what he wants and, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I, I still don't really, yeah, like you said, I just don't know what to expect because it, it's not just with Missouri. It's a fairly unprecedented situation nationwide. So I will be curious to see what the number is. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought these unprecedented times was going to disappear as a phrase that we would use, but apparently we're, we're still going to uh, milk that for a few more months. So um, I don't know, any uh, since this is the last time that, that you're on this fantastic video YouTube platform this week, uh, what, outside of Mizzou Central Michigan, which somebody said, which game are you most excited to watch besides that? And I said, look, I'm only excited to watch that one because, like, it's only must watch because I literally must watch it. Um, yeah. There are a lot of good games. I mean, what what kind of jumps out to you? I mean, I'm gonna watch probably no other games right. because right. that's the thing. That's the one. That, I don't know what I can play, but the one thing about our job that people don't understand, they're like, oh, you get to watch so much sports. No, when it's, with the three o'clock kick, I watch no other sports. But I, you I will see catch... Notre Dame, Florida State on Sunday, and you can see Louisville, that's Old true. Miss on Monday. That's true. And that's there true. are and, Thursday uh, and Friday State, games Minnesota this week. Thursday, yeah. No, yeah. there's some good games all weekend, that's for sure. Um, I, the, the obvious answer would have been uh, Clemson, Georgia. I, yeah. I think that would be fantastic. I love that both programs are willing to do that. I mean, it's you know a, a, a playoff caliber game right out of the gate, that, and both teams have some question marks. Like Georgia, are they really good enough to you know contend <clears throat> to win it all? Clemson, how big of a drop off is it with Clemson or, or sorry with DJ Uyangale? I, I can't do it uh, right. instead of Trevor Lawrence. Right. So you know, yeah, I think that's the best one of the weekend. I. I I will be very interested to see um, Florida State, Notre Dame. I'll be interested to see Louisville Ole Miss just because I keep tabs on the Louisville program, and I think Ole Miss is an intriguing team this year. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I think it's a good opening weekend slate. Well, week one I, slate, I guess it's not opening weekend. but Yeah, I like I like Boise UCF. Um, that's interesting. I, li- I really like LSU UCLA. 
Um, mm-hmm. UCLA looked great against a terrible team in week one. Um, those are two programs that are kind of at a place where it's like, okay, which direction are you going to go here, right? Because Chip Kelly has struggled mightily at UCLA, and so people are wondering, is is this the year, especially he's got Dorian Thompson-Robinson back for his 19th year as starting quarterback, and uh, I love at that. At least, kid. yeah. You know, I mean, he is up and down. Like we were talking about earlier, fans fall in love with the, the flash. I fell in love with the flash of him on one of those Pac-12 dark af- after dark games, and uh, I assume that was around 1985. He's right. literally been there my I, whole life. Yeah, he took over for Troy Aikman, I believe, at UCLA. Yeah. So uh, I was, I was, I was in diapers watching Dorian Thompson Robinson play quarterback. <laughs> I'm convinced of it. So, uh, but then also you've got UCLA, which it's crazy to think, or I mean LSU, it's crazy to think where that program was what 18 months ago. Yeah, and yeah, where they're it really at today. Insane. I mean, one oof. from being talked about like legitimately as one of the better college football teams ever to all the stuff they've had go on, and and they're still super talented. So like you know, it's not insane to think they could get back there, but also there's just a lot of issues. Even if all the stuff had gone on, but they were winning football games, you know, they were seven and three or eight and two last year. That'd be one thing, but it was all the stuff went on, and they were bad last year i mean i know they finished five and five but they were yeah. that was a bad lsu team last year yeah i mean the, the defense was truly comical that yeah i mean first of all losing to mississippi state which i mean at the time looked bad but like you know it's like Not oh worse. you know mike leach just keeps going but then mississippi state couldn't move the ball against anyone but and then you know, we well, saw it firsthand almost I mean, against anyone. missouri <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right right we saw you know firsthand i mean i i've never seen players get as open as Missouri's receivers were against LSU. I mean, like, yeah. that play where Michael Wilson scored, there was no one within 40 yards of him. It was insane. And, like, look, I'm sure that Derek Stingley is as good a player as everybody says, right? I, I mean, I he has to be. They've been talking about it for three years, and, like, he's the preseason Thorpe Award winner and stuff. But, I mean, there were guys that had legitimately never played with 67-yard receptions in that game. It was unreal. So, I think what we find out this year is, like, I guess if you just if you hire Bo Pelini, does that just like wreck your whole football program? Was that the was that the thing? He's gone now, so right, yeah. Like you know, Ogeron deserved enough cash cachet from you know the uh, the national title to say you know what that was that was my assistant's fault. But if it happens two years in a row, it's like okay, maybe it's not just your assistant's fault, yeah. or you're you're not good enough at hiring assistants to have be paid this much money. So here's where we're at in college football. LSU thrilled to have Bo Pelini gone. Nebraska would kill to have him back. So that's your uh, that's your week one 2021 uh, college football wrap-up. So, uh, Mitch, I know we got plenty of stuff to do uh, later today, and we'll let you get to it. Um, thanks for hopping on with us, and thanks to all of you guys for watching. Once again, the 573 Report brought to you by 573Ts. Uh, you can go down to Alley A in downtown Columbia if you uh, prefer the walk-in, you know, in-person contact. If you'd rather do all your shopping online, 573-TEES.com. If after that address you type slash collections slash Power Mizzou, you can get uh, some site gear and, and have that to wear around, uh, whether it's to games or just uh, uh, wear it around to your friends and they say, hey, what's Power Mizzou? And then you can be like an associate salesman for the site. You won't get any money or any reward for it, but we certainly would appreciate it. So thanks for watching. Um, I will be back tomorrow afternoon uh, talking with uh, Central Michigan reporter about the Chippewas and previewing this week's uh this week's matchup, Friday, we're going to have a pick show. Andrew Jones is going to join me on 
our first uh, weekly pick show, and then Saturday is game day. So we're getting there, a little over 72 hours. Thanks for watching, guys. Hit the like button on the way out, and we'll talk to you later on.